Tanya for the 19th of Tamil's the first story. Um, Reb Zev was a student of the Balshemtev, and he once, Erev Rosh Hashanah, spent a long time with the Balshemtev, and the Balshemtev went through all the different intentions and kavanas that a person should have when blowing the shofar. And as the Balshemtev taught him, he wrote down notes, and he was very prepared. And he felt good about the blowing of the shofar. He was going to be blowing for the Balshemtev. He was very, he was nervous about it, but the Balshemtev had prepared him, and so he was, he was in a very, a very um, ready mindset. And it came to the actual blowing of the shofar. And he, he fumbled around looking for his paper that he prepared for the, for the actual um, blowing of the shofar. And he couldn't find, he couldn't find the, he couldn't find the paper anywhere. And he started getting really, he started getting very, very apprehensive, but he couldn't find it. And at some point he had to start. So he said the blessings, he said the brachas for the blowing of the shofar and he blew the shofar and that was that. And he was completely heartbroken. The Bashantav had invested so much time in him, and he had been the one chosen to blow the shape for the Bashantav. And after all of that, he just blow, blew it like any regular person. He did it according to the halakha guidelines, but that was pretty much it. It was just the bare minimum. His mind was so scrambled, his mind was so um, disturbed, he couldn't even he couldn't recall a single one of the intentions that he had prepared. After Rosh Hashanah was over, the Bashantav called him, and he was expecting the Bashantav to be very disappointed. Bashantav told him, your blowing of your shofar was incredible. And he was so surprised because, you know, he was he was expecting a serious rebu a rebuke for not having all the intentions in, in mind. The Bashantav explained to him like this. He said, in the higher heavens, there's many different keys. Keys open different pathways to in the heavens, and each key unlocks a door, or in, the, in your case, each intention unlocks another door. But there's one key that opens all the door, the master key. And says the Mashantav, broken hearts that master key. And that's what you had when you blew the shofar. Beautiful story. The Tanya so far, the first three chapters were, de were dealing with the halachic ramifications, the parameters of how Teshuvah operates in a, in a halachic way. Is fasting um, considered repentance? Is fasting not? What does fasting accomplish? What is actual fasting according to Allah, if a person wants to just sit down and say, I want to do repentance, now what does he need to do? The, the Al-Tarebbe goes through the entire picture of what repentance looks like on a halakhic standpoint, starting from yesterday and moving along throughout the rest of the third book of the Tanya, the Al-Tarebbe is going to break down, Kabbalistically speaking, what happens when we do a sin, and by understanding what happens when we do a sin, we could now reverse engineer and work out how do we fix that up and actually do repentance. If we understand like the anatomy of a sin, what happens to our soul? What happens to our connection to God when we sin? We can then say, well, I want to fix it up. Now I'll just undo whatever I did in order to make that damage. So we're going to go through that. But the, in the style of Al-Tarebbe, in the style of Chassiz in general, it, it, the whole introduction to the Kabbalistic idea starts with a whole bunch of questions. We want to first know about the, the name of God, Yudke Vavke, and its connection between the higher level of Tshuva and the lower level of Tshuva. And then we want to know about the why the why it seems to be that in the Zoya it says that very serious sins about um you know release a seed outside the intimacy of marriage there's no tshuva for it and then the, we explain oh, it doesn't mean no tshuva it means that only the higher level we're like we need to understand a lot of pieces into what the shiva accomplishes and why a person would need a higher level of tshuva or a lower level of tshuva and the final question of yesterday's tanya was in the olden days, when a person would do a sin, he'd drop dead. Either it'd be between the age of 50 or the age of 60, or sometimes even straight on, like Aaron Oinon, Yehuda's two sons, when they sin, they drop dead on the spot. Or like Hanani bin Azad, we said the whole story yesterday about him, about his history, and, he, and with Yemiyo, 
he died before the end of the year. So we have all of these all of these people who dropped dead the second they did a sin or soon after doing the sin. And yet you see Asal Treba at the end of yesterday's time, you see people that do dreadful sins and have successful long lives. So what's going on? How is it possible to correlate this when it seems to be that death from heaven means people drop dead? With that introduction in mind, now the Atreba is going to start to unpack what goes on in a person's soul. And by understanding the soul, we can then understand what a person what a person looks like when he harms the soul. In order to understand this, we need to understand Apostle. It says, that the people, that a portion of Hashem is his people. We are a part of Hashem. What does it mean that we have Hashem in us? Now, Allah is going to explain this. He says, We have a piece of God inside of us. When we say the godly soul, we don't just mean that it's godly in, in nature. It wants to have godliness. It wants to connect to God, which is true too. But it also means it's a little piece of God. When we talk, say a godly soul, we mean it's actually there's a piece of God inside of us. Raw godliness. And God blew into the nostrils of Adam Arishan a soul of life. So, it wasn't just um, Hashem just placing it in like the rest of the world is all created through energy. Like we talked about in the second book, God spoke and on the first day and then all of this light was created. When it came to creation of man or very specifically the soul of man, God actually got involved, not in a word, a speech mode, but in an actual action mode, but a blowing action mode. And the fact that God blew is very is a testament to the depth of the soul. Why? Because we insist in the Zayah like this, when a person blows, they blow from deep within themselves. It's very interesting. You notice when a person talks, a person could talk for endless hours on end without any effort. In fact, a lot of times you'd want them to stop, but they keep talking because it's not, it's not taking any effort from them and you wish they would. But when a person blows, 10 seconds of blowing, and the person's exhausted. 20 seconds, 30, the guy's an Olympic swimmer, maybe 40 seconds of straight, intense blowing, and the person will collapse. Because blowing comes deep within the person, that person only has so much resources of, of depth within themselves, and therefore, when they blow, they start getting really tired very quickly, especially when they're blowing at full force. Of course, God does not have human beings. So when we say God blew, we don't mean literally like blowing like a human being. But at the same time, we, well, the Torah talks to us in a way that we can understand. So there's got to be some imagery there that we could um, appropriate, that we could take away from and understand, oh, this is what it means when God blew. And Dalton was going to say, it's the, the same type of energy that comes from a human being when we blow. That's the type of energy that can, comes from God when he gives us our soul. Let's, let's, let's explain. This is what I said. I'll explain it again. When a human being blows, their blow is coming deep within inside the person. For that reason, 40 seconds Olympic swimmer, and that's, he's going to pass out if he blows the full force. Uh, person talks, they could talk endlessly without stopping for hours on end, days possibly, if the person has enough energy. With God, the same thing. When God gave the, the world its energy, God spoke the energy and the world came into being, as we're, going to, as we're going to explain throughout this chapter. But when God gave the soul to a Jewish person, that soul is a godly soul, but it doesn't, not just that it came from God, it's not that it just came from the mouth of God, but it came from deep within the resources of, of God. In other words, the connection 
between God and the soul of a Jewish person is so much deeper than anything else in this world. And as we're going to say in the upcoming days, even greater than the connection between God and the angels. So the soul of a Jew, which we call the godly soul because it wants to connect to godliness, it's not just that. It's called the godly soul because it comes deep within it comes deep within god just like as if the just like the energy of a person when he blows comes deep within the person because god blew the soul into adam it comes deep from within the resources of god whatever that means and we'll explain in the upcoming days thank you so much for joining